Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to put my finger on it, to be honest with you. You know, we, we have a lot of, um, as y'all know, we got a lot of, like, cool dudes that, like, you know, kind of cool their way into the game, you know, and that right there hurts us. And I try to talk to them about it all the time. Like, we got we to gotta have a mindset where we want to hit first. We want to have a hit first mentality. And I like to act instead of react. And we, we've got a reactive group a lot of times, but I like our, I love our scrap and the way that we scrap and guard, we can always, we're always, we'll always be hanging around, you know, unless we get hit with a haymaker sometimes. I think that's something that we have to grow because, you know, you got a lot of guys on our team, like I said, that, you know, are kind of mild-mannered, you know, so it's not their nature to come out aggressive and you know, with the guys that we start. So it's something that we got to coach better and teach more and we, those are things that tomorrow and those days we, we talk about them. You know, we keep talking about them. Obviously, we did some incredible things in this game that we'll watch, but there's some improvement areas for us. Hey, Rip City, this is DeAndre Ayton, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings, Buzzer fans, and welcome to the briefcase, episode 71 of the briefcase. I'm your host, Casey Holdall, and that was Chunks Bill discussing the Trailblazers' habit of getting off the slow starts and sometimes poor starts, which happened again in Tuesday night's game versus the Suns at Moda Center. A lot of times the Blazers put themselves behind the eight ball in games, and even though they perform well in fits and starts, those poor starts have kept them from being able to get a few additional wins this season that they otherwise would have gotten if they could have just had some decent beginnings to games. However, that was not the case in Tuesday night's game versus the Suns. The Blazers able to overcome a poor first half and a particularly poor first quarter with a great third quarter, a great second half, which is something they've also done a lot this season to go on to win that game, to get their first win of December, their first win at home at Moda Center since the third week of November versus a very good Suns team, which was also the return of Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Drew Eubanks. With everyone back in the lineup, the hope is that the Blazers can start to put things together. The process of reintegrating everybody else in the lineup has taken a little bit of time, but it seems like they're starting to make some progress. Getting a win versus a very good Suns team to get off the schneid is a good way to set themselves up for the rest of 2023 before heading out for quite a few road games to start 2024. We'll discuss the win versus the Suns, look at the upcoming schedule, consider Portland's record recently versus the spread, their offensive and defensive rating, and hear from Duop Reith on this edition of The Briefcase. Well, after coming close on multiple occasions, the Blazers finally ended a seven-game losing streak with a 109-104 victory versus the Phoenix Suns Tuesday night at Moda Center. As I mentioned, it was their first win of the month of December, their first home victory since November 22nd. So a nice way to finally end that losing streak by getting a win against a good team in which you had to endure quite a bit of adversity in order to get that win. The Blazers were mistake-filled through the first quarter. I believe they had more turnovers than they had makes in that first quarter got down early and ended up toiling by 12 going into the intermission. And at that point in time, particularly when you're on a losing streak versus a team like the Suns that has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you assume you're probably going to be in for a rough second half. But that is not how that game played out. After the halftime intermission, the Blazers scored 14 straight, which fueled a 22-2 run that allowed them to outscore the Suns by 18 in the third quarter to take command of the game. As you assumed they would, the Suns rallied late, both Kevin Durant and Devin Booker combined to score 11 straight points, if I'm not mistaken. You knew the rally was coming. You knew they were going to make a move, but the Blazers were able to hold them off. Anthony Simons hitting a floater over Grayson Allen with about 10 seconds left to seal that victory, which is something that they had worked on in practice this week. 
They weren't able to get it done in the loss to the Warriors, where they had a few things that didn't go their way. But this time, after drilling some of those late game situations, knowing where they wanted to get to, and specifically knowing what spot he wanted to get to, the only decision he had to make was whether he was going to rise up with a one-handed floater or take a two-handed shot. He ended up taking the floater, hit that shot, Suns come down, miss a couple three-pointers, down four, and that's the ball game. Blazers in their losing streak get their first win in December in front of a great crowd. I wanted to mention too that the crowds I feel like have been very good lately, engaged throughout the game, staying involved, cheering on their team, despite the fact that they only have seven wins now, you would not necessarily see that in other markets. So even though they're not getting the wins that you would hope they would get, though they will get those wins eventually, they're playing a fun style of basketball. There's quite a few players on the team, and I think people are just interested in seeing the growth of those players and what they might become, which has always been a big thing among fans in Rip City, but it's always great to see the support. Thank you so much for coming out to Moda Center every night. Quite a few more opportunities to see this team before they head out on a road trip. If you're looking for some late Christmas gifts, Trailblazers tickets always make a nice one. They have that back-to-back versus the Spurs to end the year. So if you want to get an eyeful of Victor Wembanyama, that might be a good chance to do it or see their Trailblazers. Blazer tickets, once again, make pretty good holiday gifts. So to put a bow on that win, Portland's seventh of the season, Anthony Simons with 23 points on 9 of 23 shooting from the field and 2 of 7 shooting from 3 to go with 7 assists and 3 rebounds in 37 minutes. Jeremy Grant continuing in a strong play since coming back from a concussion, 22 points on 8 of 15 shooting from the field, 4 assists and a rebound and 2 blocks in 35 minutes. Malcolm Brogdon, who started the second half with Shaden Sharp dealing with an abductor issue, Houston Rickets landing on Shaden in the first half probably didn't help much either, so we'll have to keep an eye on that to see what his status is going forward. But Malcolm Brogdon doing a nice job filling in, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3 for 14 points to go with 4 rebounds and 4 assists in 32 minutes. One of the big reasons why the Blazers were able to win that game, they shot 14 of 28 from 3, 50% shooting from 3, whereas the Suns went just 5 of 23 22% shooting from three. You also had DeAndre Ayton versus his old team, having one of his better games of the season, definitely one of his better games of December. 16 points on six of 18 shooting, 15 rebounds, three assists in over 40 minutes. Scoot Henderson got off to a rough start, but had a decent game with nine points, five assists, and four rebounds in 29 minutes. Also closed out much of the game too. Chauncey Billups still tinkering with his late game lineups to try to find something that works. And he might have found it versus the Suns on Tuesday night. He also had Tamani Kamara, who should definitely get some credit. Five points, nine rebounds, three steals, and a block in 21 minutes. Did a great job of slowing down Devin Booker, particularly in the second half. Every single night, Tumani Kamara and Matisse Thibault drawing the most difficult matchups on the perimeter and doing a fantastic job with it. Matisse also good in that game as well. Eight points and one rebound and a team best plus 17 in 20 minutes. Jabari Walker played just nine minutes but had nine points. Was really a spark plug in the minutes that he got. Basically a full team effort. Again, after a subpar first half, came out, had a great third quarter, go on to win that game while holding the Suns to 45% shooting from the field. And as I mentioned, 22% shooting from three while also causing 15 turnovers, which Blazers turned into 15 points. Portland ended that game with 17 turnovers, which is pretty remarkable considering I believe they had 10 turnovers in the first quarter. The process of reintegrating all the injured players into the lineup, so Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, DeAndre Ayton, and Anthony Simons, has taken a little more time than I think they might have thought, but it seems like it's finally starting to come around. It seems like everyone who is maybe playing different roles when those players were out are becoming more accustomed to their new roles, and those players who have been out are finally shaking off the rust and getting the reps they need in order to be successful. Still quite a bit of room for improvement there, but I think we've already seen in the past week 
10 days. They've made a lot of strides in that regard. And you would hope as they end 2023 and go into 2024, that they're able to continue to do that and maybe put together a string of wins after having a few extended losing streaks. And while the Blazers aren't exactly a team at this point that can bank on getting wins at home versus teams below them in the standings, they do have some very winnable games coming up on their schedule. The Blazers host the Wizards on Thursday, then head back to the Bay to face the Warriors on Saturday at Chase Center. They then have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off before finishing out the year by hosting the Kings on December 26th, and then back-to-back games versus the Spurs on December 28th and 29th. After that, the team heads out for a two-week road trip to start 2024, beginning on New Year's Day versus the Suns once again. Moving on to G League news, the Rip City Remix are in Orlando for the G League Winter Showcase, where they lost their first game 116-109 to the Birmingham Squadron on Tuesday night. They play again versus the Rio Grande Vipers on Thursday at 1pm on ESPN+, after which they get back to their regular schedule, which has them ending 2023 by playing the Stockton Kings in Stockton on December 28th, the Delaware Blue Cloats back home at UP on December 30th, and finishing up 2023 on New Year's Eve versus the Blue Coats once again, 1 o'clock start time on Sunday, December 31st. Tickets available for all those Rip City Remix games. Home games for the Rip City Remix air on Fox 12 Plus. You can also see quite a few of those games on YouTube as well. The Rip City Remix season's in full swing. Check them out. Checking on the stats we follow all season long here on The Briefcase, the Blazers are now 27th in offensive rating, two spots better than last time we checked in, at 107.6 points scored per 100 possessions. That's exactly one point per 100 possessions improvement over last week. As I mentioned last week, a lot of that has to do with Anthony Simons returning to the lineup, but on the other side of the ball, the Blazers are now 16th in defensive rating at 114.5 points allowed per 100 possessions, which is about a point per 100 possessions worse than last time we checked. However, there are still around seven teams whose defensive rating is around 114 points allowed per 100 possessions, so we're still talking about fractions of points per 100 possessions separating the team ranked 13th and the team ranked 19th, and the Blazers are kind of right in the middle of that. Either way, they have fallen off a bit defensively, though not by a lot. And Portland's net rating is 25th at minus 6.6, which is almost exactly where they were at the last time we checked. So they're a little better offensively, a little worse defensively, which has resulted in their net rating basically not changing. And in regard to the Trailblazers' betting markets, Portland has now covered in their last two games. They were 7.5 point dogs to the Suns and won by five, and there were six point dogs to the Warriors and lost by four. After dropping two in a row versus the spread, there were four and a half point dogs to the Mavericks and lost by 11, and there were five point favorites versus the Jazz and lost by eight in a game that probably wasn't even as close as that final score would indicate. As I've mentioned quite a few times this season, the Blazers were finally favored in that game versus the Jazz though they turned in arguably one of their worst performances of the season, so maybe it's best that they're not favored. However, they are favored for the second time this season. They are three and a half point favorites versus the Wizards on Thursday's game, which you would expect. That Thursday game versus the Wizards was the first game when you looked at the schedule where you could confidently say the Blazers were going to be favored in that one. We'll see if they do a better job as the favorite this time than they did the last time versus the Jazz. And as for their season over under, with seven wins, the Blazers are now 25% of the way to hitting their season over of 28.5 wins. However, they are a bit behind schedule considering they're 32% of the way through the season, so they'll need to pick it up a bit in 2024 if they're going to surpass their over. And who doesn't want to surpass the over? People who bet the under, I guess. By the way, the Blazers are now 13-13 and versus the spread this season. All right, well, let's go ahead and hear from Duop Reith, the 27-year-old center in his first season out of LSU. Reith was born in what is now known as South Sudan, moved with his family to Australia as a child where he eventually picked up basketball. 
played two seasons at Lee College in Baytown, Texas, before finishing up his college career at LSU. And since then, he's had stops in Serbia, Australia, China, and Lebanon before catching on with the Blazers this season after a successful run at Summer League and during training camp. Reith is averaging 8.1 points on 42% shooting from the field and 35% shooting from three and 91% shooting from the free throw line to go 2.8 rebounds and 1.2 assists in 14.9 minutes per game this season. Those aren't huge numbers, but Reith at 6'9", 245 pounds, gives the Blazers a different look at center, which is why he's already appeared in 17 games, including four starts, as a two-way player. So let's go ahead and hear from Duop about his path to the NBA, what he's been working on, being in the locker room with the Trailblazers, his relationship with Matisse Thibel, who he played on the Australian national team with, and Jeremy Grant, and what he's hoping to do going forward this season. Always enjoy talking to Duop, a great guy, a really great perspective on things. Let's hear what he has to say. Uh, so Duop, how, uh, how have you felt like you've played, or how, how has this experience been for you since joining the team, getting the two-way, and now starting some games, playing some regular minutes? It's been amazing. It's been amazing. Um, still learning, I think. That's probably the biggest thing. But um, overall, it's been a great experience. Just taking it really minute by minute. Once I get out there, just try to help the team, man. Mm-hmm. So. You played with Summer League with the Blazers, mm-hmm. had a pretty good Summer League, mm-hmm. and then it's it, it kind of seemed like it didn't really know which direction it was going to go contract-wise. Yeah. Like, What was your thought process after the Summer League? And just keep working, really. Um, just be ready for whatever comes ahead. So I just kept working. Um, didn't really know what was next, but like, fortunately, this opportunity came up and just took advantage of it. So to go from being a two-way guy, mm-hmm. and you're still our two-way guy, mm-hmm. but then to, to starting games and, and playing a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. what has that experience been like for you? Like, were you nervous at all? Did, mm-hmm. did you feel like you were ready for it? Man, I just saw it as a big blessing, really, um, just to be able to have the opportunity because not a lot of people get it, especially guys in my situation. So just, I just saw it like a big blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you describe that situation, I guess, for you? What, what is your situation? Um, you know, it just took a different route, in a way, to get where I'm at right now. Um, but I think that the route that I took was meant to be, and I'm very just grateful for it. So you, you played at a small school, and you played at LSU for a couple of years. What was that process like for you, making, making that, that jump and, and trying to build and, and prove yourself, not, not only in college, but obviously now in the NBA? Uh, I felt like it was just like, a, like an adjustment period. You know, just everywhere I go to, I just had to adapt and just adjust to that environment. Um, so I felt like that really helped me in my early years growing up. And then um, obviously going to Europe, I kind of used the same, the same method, you know. It's, the variables just change, but it's, it's, a, it's the same formula, you know. Just be a good person, be a good teammate, be willing to listen, uh, be willing to just work hard. Uh, if you do that everywhere you go, you usually give yourself a good chance, you know. So that's just my mentality going to every place that I've been to, trying to go to. Yeah, I mean, everybody's dream is to play in the NBA one day, um, but I know that's going to take a lot of work, especially with the route that I took. So I knew that, um, yeah, this is going to be a process, you know. Just hopefully, um, you know, God willing, falls into the plan that, you know, God has in store for me. So, um, yeah, so I just kept just walking my path. What's it like in the locker room for you? Because I know that it seems like, you know, you've got a lot of good relationships. It seems yeah. like guys are really, really drawn to you. Kind of what's it been like being in the locker room and, and getting to know a lot of these guys on your team? Man, this is uh, pure genuine, you know. A lot of people are just like pure in this locker room and, um, they're genuine, you know, they want to see everybody win. They want to see everybody do well, especially, like, the vets. The vets, really, really helpful. Um, even the young guys, because, you know, I play some league with some of the young guys, so I got a good relationship with most of them. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just pure vibes, man. It's pure vibes. 
what's your relationship like with Matisse? Obviously, you, you played with him uh, with the Australian national team. And if you could talk a little bit about your, your experience with the national team and maybe how that helped you going forward in your career. Yeah, no, nah, Matisse is like a brother to me. Um, ever since we met, so I felt like we just kept developing that relationship, you know. Um, yeah, it's like a brother to me, really. And then, um, oh, playing for Australia. Uh, yeah, definitely, especially playing against those guys. Um, like the opposite teams, most of the opposite teams, the players are like N- N- NBA caliber players. So playing against them, matching up against them, um, that really helped just for my development as well and um, just experience. Um, yeah, so definitely that really helped me a lot. Uh, Jeremy is a guy who you was kind of messing with you there too. What, what's your relationship like with Jeremy? That's great, man. It's great. I'm just glad I met Jeremy. Um, you know, he's a really, really pure person, you know, um, just straight up person. Um, so just, you know, just glad to be around him, learn from him. Um, yeah, it's good vibes around him always. He is a very good vibes guy. He seems like, you talk about him being genuine, he seems like a very very kind person, a person mm-hmm. that's, that, that is welcoming as well, which for, for a guy who's, who's kind of trying to make his way, is new in the locker room, yeah. probably is pretty helpful. No, it's very helpful, um, you know, especially a guy like him who's been in the league forever, um, great player, well-respected around the league. You know, he doesn't have to, you know, talk to guys like, you know, guys like me, but, you know, he still shows me love and, uh, you know, it's well-appreciated and, yeah. What's your relationship like with Chauncey? What's been some of the coaching you've got from, from the staff and how have they helped you along in your journey? It's been awesome, man. I feel like I've been learning a lot from him. He's been coaching, you know, coaches everybody hard. So uh, he's a real patient, real patient coach. Um, you know, just wants everybody just to get better. Mm-hmm. Just play hard, get better. Um, that's all he cares about, really. Uh, last one. What's kind of your hopes going forward uh, this season? Obviously, you're still on a two-way. I would imagine you'd maybe hope to get a full contract. But I imagine in some respects, you just want to keep improving. Man, I'm just living into God's hands, man. Just trying to do my best out there when I get on the court but other than that just taking the day by day when I get you know this is a big opportunity for me right now and to be where I'm at it's a big blessing again yeah so there you go Duop Reith a guy who I don't think he even knew whether or not he was going to be on a team this year ends up getting a two-way ends up playing some significant minutes for the Trailblazers as a shooting big seems like he's got a place in this league I remember watching him at summer league and thinking after the first couple games Duop is an NBA player at 27 years old he's kind of getting to it a lot later than some other guys do but the fact of the matter is he's given the Blazers something they need again a different look at that center position than you have with a guy in DeAndre Ayton or Moses Brown and I think in today's NBA having a big that can shoot that can rebound a bit. His passing has improved quite a bit. He's getting better defensively. Sure seems to me that Duop has a place in this league and probably with the Trailblazers. I've really enjoyed seeing his growth. I know the guys in the locker room really enjoy it as well. Guys who have the right mentality, who do things the right way, who put in the work, who are willing to listen, and who are just willing to not give up on their dream is something that most NBA players really appreciate, and particularly in Portland's locker room. It's a very supportive locker room. They really like to see those guys do well. So having the Rip City remix, not only is it helping with the team development, but I think it also just helps the locker room as well. I think it's nice for the team, particularly when you're guys who are making a lot of money, who've been in the league for a while, to be around guys who are still grinding, still trying to find their place, still trying to follow that NBA dream. It actually does a really nice job of rounding out the locker room, I feel, which is a part of having those relationships between the NBA and the G League that I don't think you really hear about a whole lot. Just the idea of the benefit of having a mix of guys who are elite, 
who are the best at what they do and guys who are still trying to figure it out, the interplay between those two groups of players and how they really help each other. I think a lot of times we assume that the veteran players help the younger players, but I think sometimes those younger guys who are grinding the league help the veterans as well, maybe put things in perspective from time to time and also keep them sharp as well. I think it's worked out really well. I think Duop is a great example of that. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll talk again soon, probably before the holiday. But if not, have a great Christmas. Have a great winter holiday, whatever it is you do to celebrate. Stay safe. Go Blazers.